Welcome to another episode of My Name's Jose Naharo, and today we're going to take a look at the final part of Activision. Like always, I have my buddies Bull Solo and Darth Bear with me, ready to keep track on how the company is doing. So let's get started. Remember guys, this is the series where I'm trying to find the best video game stock to invest in. I already took a look at EA Games, Take-Two Interactive, and this is the final part of Activision. The next episode will be a, a, a final episode deciding the best of the three to invest in. So like always, I'm going to use this amazing website known as LazyFA.com, which allows me to see all the financial documents in an easy graphical manner. So first, the first one we're going to take a look at is the income statement. So here in the income statement, we're going to take a look at revenue, cost of revenue, and gross profit. And right off the bat, we can see something really bad. That revenue does seem to be decreasing over time, and it is much lower than same time last quarter. Of course, we're going to see that cost of revenue decrease, right? Because if this company is selling le less items, they're selling, they're using less expenses to make it happen. Gross profit, unfortunately, is also showing the same results as revenue, which is at a downtrend. And for that reason, Darth Bear starts this off with the first point. Next, we're going to take a look at operating incomes, earnings before income taxes, and net income. And right now, I just want to take a look at how they look visually, because if they all look the same visually, it means one thing to me. There's no manipulation happening anywhere, right? If there was manipulation happening, you would most likely, you would have a high chance of seeing it by viewing these charts, right? If, if you see a huge change in incomes in one of these three, you would notice, you, would, you could dig in deeper to see if there was something funky going on. But here we can see that all three look the same graphically and so we're going to give a point to bull solo for that one next we're going to take a look at the actual net income itself so net income this quarter was 328 million compared to same time last quarter being 402 million just like we see that revenue that revenue is decreasing so obviously we're going to collect a whole lot less net income fortunately it, the net income does not seem to have dropped that much and we're still the company is still as a, at a positive Net income. So for that, I'm definitely gonna give a point to Bull Solo again, right? Darth Bear already got a point for that revenue drop, but I think that income still maintaining positive and not losing that much money is definitely a good thing for the company. Next, we're gonna take a look at my favorite financial document. And for you that you've been watching, know that is the balance sheet. I feel like I can learn so much from the company balance sheet. And the first thing we're gonna take a look is total assets of this company is 17. $0.5 billion, and total liabilities is $5.5 billion. So a 3 to 1 ratio, that's actually a really good a really good ratio. I, um, I, th I think EA Game had a similar ratio of 3 to 1, but not as big of an asset, I think, as this company. Shareholder equity does seem to be increasing, and that means one thing. That means assets are increasing at a faster rate than liabilities, or liabilities are decreasing are in decreasing at a faster rate than assets. And either of those cases are fine, right? I'd rather have a company increase in assets or decrease in liabilities. And for that reason, Google Solo gets a point for that shareholder equity that it has right there. We see that nice, healthy uptrend happening. Next, we're gonna take a look at the asset distribution and liability distribution. We can see a huge portion right off the bat of this company's liability distribution 
is on non-current debt. This company has 2.6% of the company's total liability is on non-current debt. So this is debt that needs to be paid off in more than 12 months. And if you guys have been watching the show last episode, we saw those dates. The next, it's 62021 that needs to pay be paid off. 400, I think, in 2022. And then after that is 2026, 2027, and 2044. So the company definitely has a huge amount of debt, but it has nothing in, in, in the short term to pay off. So I think that's definitely looking good for the liability distribution. This company has no, non, no current debt, which is always a good thing. This company owes nothing in the next 12 months, opposed to its payables, which owes 180 million dollars but you know like payables i like to compare it to receivables and receivables in the asset distribution is collecting 455 million dollars so receivables itself is enough to pay the company's payable which to me is always great news next we have deferred revenue so for you again that have been following deferred revenue is revenue that the company has collected but has not yet delivered so it considers it a liability Eventually, that, that that deferred revenue makes its way to the income statement sheet, and that's when the company finally takes it off of a liability. So that's why we see the difference in net bookings and total revenue. So total revenue is net bookings plus the, what the company collected in deferred revenues. So we can see deferred revenue is $728 million. So that $728 million will eventually make its way to the income statement sheet. And that's always a great thing. Uh, and we can see deferred revenue does seem to be increasing and decreasing over time. It does seem the big increase usually happens in the quarter of ending on December, which makes sense. Right? I'm pretty sure a lot of uh, subscription cards are bought off during this time. A lot of in-game content or game a lot of people pre-order games so this is the time when that's happening and it makes sense that they see a huge boost in deferred revenue but this liability distribution is actually pretty healthy to me but first let's take a look at the asset distribution before i continue the one thing i don't like about the company's asset distribution is 10.6 billion dollars of this company's total asset distribution is based on intangibles that's huge a huge huge amount and i'm not i'm not liking how the asset distribution is showing that the easily 66 percent of the total assets is intangibles and that's something i 100 percent do not like next let's take a look this company has the next big thing is this company has cash and cash equivalents of about 4.6 billion dollars so that's something i do like this company does have a nice amount of cash and cash equivalents and that 4.6 billion dollars is enough to pay off the company's total debt and that's a great thing so i'm definitely liking that cash and cash equivalents to total cap to total debt ratio but like i mentioned this company has receivables of 455 million dollars so because this company does have a healthy liability distribution i'm gonna give a point to bull solo for that but i do not like the asset distribution because the asset distribution has such a huge portion of intangibles i'm gonna give a point to darth bear this is actually one of the first times that this has happened to to me so far where i like the one i like the liability distribution and i don't like the asset distribution as much and right like i've always mentioned that is not always a bad thing it's okay if the, the company has enough cash and cash equivalents or has a nice asset distribution to be able to offset that liability distribution 
and just cash and cash equivalents is more than to do that. So that's why that's I would consider a healthy liability distribution. So next, we're going to take a look at the cash flow statement. So the cash flow statement, the favorite and my best cash flow statement to take a look at is net cash flow from operations. And this is positive net cash flow from its everyday use. And we can see this company is making has a positive cash flow from operations. It has 154 million positive extra dollars after everything's been paid off. So that's definitely a great thing. Net cash flow from financing is right now at negative 300 million dollars so let me see where that's coming out and that's because this company ah there we go i see it that negative net cash flow from financing it's mainly come from the companies paying dividends uh so that's okay right we do see this is a company that pays a nice healthy amount of dividends next i want to take a look at net cash flow from operations and compare it to revenue so here i'm again i'm not looking at numerical values here I'm, again i'm just trying to look at the graph at the shape of the lines i want these to match because net cash flow from operations should be matching revenues exactly if that's not the case then that means this company is collecting the cash too far later on and that's not something i like to see so first right off the bat we can see net cash flow from operations and revenue have almost exactly the same line it looks like i'm looking at the exact same picture here just an offset like i said i'm not worried about the numerical value i'm just worried that the graphs look the same so that's definitely a great thing here next we're going to take a look at net cash flow from operations and compare it to earnings per share so here again we see again i'm just taking a look at the way the graphs look and we see it here they look i almost identical so that to me is telling me two things so this is telling me that no manipulation is happening again so before we continue, right, I'm, I just want to let you know there's no points going to give out for net cash flow from operations. Normally, I would give a point for this because if we compare it to same time last quarter, we see that this company's same time last quarter had almost zero dollars in net cash flow from operations, even though right now we're positive 154 million. Except last quarter we had a lot more revenue. Last time, last quarter, same year, we had a lot more revenue. So why does this company? have more net cash flow from operations this year and i was just taking a quick look and that's where we take a look at the differences is operating income earnings before income and net income so last time same year this company had a negative net income but this negative net income we can see before we take a look at earnings before income tax um it was positive during that time so to me that only tells me one thing it tells me that this company had a huge tax expense that it needed to pay off and for that reason, that one time they had a negative net booking. And as a result, they had a neg uh, almost negative. They still managed to have a positive cash flow from operations. So for that, I'm definitely not giving a point to either. We have a positive net cash flow from operations. What we can see is definitely still going down. Let's continue here. And now I just want to take a look at accounts receivable and how much are they from percentage of sales. So one thing I don't want to see is account receivable being a huge percent of the company's total revenue. And that's what we see. This company fluctuates between 3 or 15%. And this quarter, it was sitting at about 6.4% when we take a look at trailing 12 months. Um, and that's okay, right? That's within the range. So, so that's looking good. And next, I want to take a look at payables and compare it to revenue. And here we can see revenue has been increasing, even though payables has seemed to maintain a pretty flat line rate. So if revenue increases and one takes um, has maintained a flat rate, that means that the overall weight is going to go down 
and that's where we see accounts payable is only 2.5% of the company's total revenue. Again, all great things to, to take a look at. The final thing before we take a look and uh, look at metrics is the total days of sales outstanding. So this is how long, on average, how long it takes this company to collect this money. And on average, it, it seems to jump between 20 days to 36 days. Right now, it's still within range, sitting at 32 at 32 days. So again, nothing funky going on here. 32 days, that's usually about the, the one-month subscription on this company collects or so, right? So the final thing we're going to take a look at is metrics. So metrics are first going to take a look at the current ratio. So current ratio is current assets divided by current liabilities. And you want this ratio to be over one because you want assets to be higher. One thing we see here is current assets are definitely at an uptrend and they have a current ratio of 3.5, 3.5. So this company has 3.5 more current assets than current liabilities. So there's no worries about this cube of uh, this company's short term, short term, right? So for that reason, Bull Solo gets a point here. Next, we're going to follow the debt to equity ratio. So debt to equity ratio has this nice downtrend going on. And that's a great thing because we debt divided by equity. You want either you want equity to be higher. And the only way this debt to equity ratio goes down is if two things happen. One, if debt is decreasing. Two, if equity is increasing. Or three, if debt is decreasing and equity is increasing at the same time. So here you would want a ratio below one. And this company has a ratio of 0.46 and it's decreasing almost every quarter. It's in this nice downtrend. So that's great news. So another point for Bull Solo here. Next, we're going to take a look at this company's gross margin. This company's gross margins are pretty much the flat, flat line. And so are their profit margins. So that to me is everything's looking pretty normal for the company. And for that, there's going to be no points given out. There's nothing crazy going on. So this was actually a pretty good episode. I, I, I like seeing it. Um, I like seeing a company's just based on numbers and especially with all the information explained last episode, this company definitely has a strong, a strong financial documents with it. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope you guys are ready for the next part where I take a look at these three companies and decide which one is going to be the winner. At the moment, I think Activision has a pretty strong sheet. But I'm pretty. I also like TTW's sheet, and then I also like TTW's future games. But I like the way EA Games and Activision are doing for future investments. So this is definitely gonna be a hard one for me to decide. So make sure to subscribe, guys. Make sure to give me a thumbs up. Post on the comments and let me know which company you think is gonna be the winner. Take care, guys. Have a good night, and see you next time.